Welcome back to another epic episode of the Rocky Mountain Racing Review Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm going to walk you through some uh, recommendations on how to get into dirt bike racing. Now, you could be the beginner that just bought a bike, or you could be the parent that want to get your, uh, your family into racing or your child into racing. Uh, there's also the trail rider that starts testing his skills, uh, his or her skills. Uh, against others and then uh, you started getting good you, you kind of want to see where you're at right um, whatever your situation is we got your back uh, to get you set up to be safe and to have the most fun uh, with whatever type of racing you want to do I want to give a huge shout out to all of our sponsors Applied Technology Suspension Compact Auto Repair FAF Graphics Original Privateer GoX Services and fixed tea products and i'd also like to welcome aboard donnie hansen with donnie hansen motocross academy Donnie, the whole shot Hansen will be back in Colorado next month to host a couple three-day camps. March 21st through the 23rd and March 27th through the 29th for all URMR racers. Each camp will be limited to the first 10 riders that sign up. Take advantage of some great coaching from a world, national, and supercross champion. Donnie has trained some of the top riders in the sport, including Colorado riders Andrew Short, Josh Hansen, Mitchell Gifford, and Todd Bannister. For more information on the Donnie Hansen Motocross Academy, you're going to contact him by email at donnie at dhma.com or give him a call at 877-883-7260. So race season's closing in and your friends won't shut up about it. And you don't race and you're kind of starting wanting to get into it and kind of battle with your buddies that you all ride with, right? Um, there could be that situation or you could be just buying a bike and you want to go hammer on and jump right into racing, right? Cause you watched it on TV and you, whatever your situation, right? No matter your situation, I would recommend the same thing for any, any rider. The first is the, to make sure you have the right bike, right? Um, you need to know what kind of bike you have. Uh, what type of riding you're doing, and if you want to get into um, racing motocross, uh, kickstands have got to go. Um, you can't have a kickstand when you race motocross or indoors or any of that other stuff. So knowing the type of bike that you have, you can't just go jumping into a race. Uh, there's certain situations that you have to be safe. Um, so not every salesman is going to be knowledgeable uh, about racing and even about bikes. So I wouldn't really trust uh, your your local salesmen. Uh, some of them, yes, I absolutely, you pick and choose and you have your, your guy and make your correct judgment. But I've worked in the industry before and I've seen salesmen say whatever they can to, to make a sale. Um, I've worked right alongside of those people and I've laughed and used it to my advantage before calling bikes wrong names, wrong manufacturers, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, not knowing what a bike can actually do, what size, uh, um, everything. So uh, 
make sure you do your own research and everything and and ask your friends ask somebody uh but this podcast is going to give you uh kind of basically that anyways we can't have kickstands you got to have the right bike and you can reach out to us on instagram if you need any recommendations so once you got the right bike you need to reference episode 002 of our podcast for gear, right? We already went through gear. We don't need to uh, beat a dead horse. Uh, you guys can go re- listen to that episode if you want recommendations on uh, gear. So you got all the gear and everything, so now you're ready to race. So I recommend racing the Cork Series. That's uh, Colorado Off-Road Championship Series, right? Um, this is going to give you great training for in corners, right? It's just nothing but good long corners, off-road riding, some good technical train, uh, uh, terrain, and uh, you, you get a long racing seat time that's good amount for your money, right? This is the best bang for your buck, especially as a beginner. You don't want to go into motocross and like spend all this money and trying to be competitive with all these uh, kids who's been riding since they were three years old and uh, go in and not like it or anything. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to, to come in, and we want you to uh, uh, be a long-lasting racer, right, part of the community. So the other thing about cork series is they don't have gated starts, right? So you're going to put your hand on your helmet, and then you'll watch somebody, a flagger. And then as the flag drops, you, you drop down, you, you kick into gear, and then uh, you, you hit the gas. But uh, So that, that's a lot more safe, um, safe starts. Sometimes some people can get a little squirrely, but by then everybody's already passed you, and, and uh, it gives that little bit of delay. Um, so th- that's pretty good too, and uh, it's an off-road circuit, so um, they can last an hour and a half. I think, I think the shortest one's maybe forty-five minutes. It's been a couple years since I've raced uh, corks, but I had a blast. I absolutely love it. So the longest one's two hours for the A and B class. Um, so you get a long seat time. Um, so. I wrote, you can do a sportsman's class. There's all kinds of different classes that you can do if you just want to have a good time, see how it is. Um, the C class is really good too because it's like one of the safest C classes you'll ever see in like racing ever. It's pretty awesome. Um, then you get into like after the start, it becomes just you and the clock racing. You you race against yourself most of the time. You still make passes in front of people, and you ha- you still get battles, and, and you still experience that racing atmosphere. A- atmosphere. Um, but afterwards, then y- y- you start making it about lap times, right? You have to take a think about pace because it's such a long race. Um, you do almost like 12 laps of a, I think a mile, maybe two mile. It's pretty significantly long, right? So you're doing like 12 laps, as many as you can do, um, in the, the amount of time that you have. And you get a good bunch of corners. I mean, you're just doing nothing but corners, but then it's great, safe racing, um, for you and your friends. And you make a lot of, um, new friends. You, you race all kinds of different classes if you want. Um, and, and challenge yourself and then it's more just you racing yourself and then once you catch up to somebody and then you have a, a good little battle and then you pass them and then you keep keep going and try to get up to the front and then it does get a little dusty but you have to pit as well so you have to I mean you have to 
experience like pits and fueling up and checking stuff and then get going again so there's time to catch up and then when do you pit and there's a another side of racing to it so the cork series also is great cross training for motocross you'll notice like todd banister uh will enter these races uh every now and then before because they're usually the, the the first um race to start in the in the state um so you will usually have to practice your, your pits and fuel up, like I mentioned before, and uh, make sure that you can fuel up quickly and then make sure that you can also know when you have to pit. When is it a certain amount of laps? Is it uh, putting a stopwatch on your, your bike and making sure that you're tracking the time as well? Or are you, are you checking their – they have scoreboards. This is also really cool. So it's all um, – they have all timed and – uh, they have a little fob on your helmet, so they tell you the position that you in you're in and your time and everything as you come through um, the little check gate station, um, and you can see where you're at as you come through the finish line. So that's really cool too about the corks, and uh, that they're already ahead of the the motocross game too. So that's another reason why we need those uh, timing and scoring and everything. So just another. Little push for everybody listen out there. We should have uh, GPS and and fobs on us and everything on on motocross and be able to do qualifying. So yeah, um, if you want to race, that's great cross training and everything to to go there. And you can always check uh, go out in the Corks Facebook uh, Colorado Off Road Championship Series. It's just Corks. Go on there on Facebook to see their schedule. They already came out with theirs. And, uh, I recommend you racing this series if you want to get into racing or if you want to race and you don't want to race motocross because you think it's too dangerous or something and you still want to race. Um, go, go check out the Cork series. I really recommend it. It's a blast. You're, you're really going to enjoy it a lot. So we're going to take a short break and uh, listen to a segment from our sponsors, and then we're going to move into our next segment and then talk about the oh, getting into the like the experience for motocross and everything. Hey, are you looking for that factory look and treatment for your bike? How about that name and number on the back of your jersey so the ladies and the potential sponsors know who's riding that bike? Yeah, is that you? Then you need to go check out FAF Graphics because they give you the factory treatment. Located here in Pueblo, Colorado, FAF Graphics will get you your bike looking just right for your next race. You need that moto seat to match the graphics? They do that too. So go email Jeff today at sales at fafgraphics.com. All right, so you chose to race motocross first, right? So you're a beginner, and you're going to race the C-Class, right? That's the only thing you can do if you've never raced before, right? Uh, There is no beginner class anymore. you got to go to the C-Class. I call this the Carnage Class. Uh, I've raced it before. I have got out of it really quick. Um, I never did really well in it, um, mainly because of the starts, but then... I moved up to the B class and now I got fourth in the state. So um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, but 
now you, uh, you're going to experience a lot of struggles in this class because there is uh, no beginner class. There, there are some pretty quick people in this class cause the, because of age and, and you're just going to have to deal with it because sometimes uh, there are sandbaggers. Like I, I'll admit there, there are some old sandbaggers or just people who I don't know what it is. Maybe they just want to feel like winners or being the, the fastest slow guy or what. Um, I don't know. Uh, the C class is it's a transitional class. It's not for to old guys to be sitting in there for who's been riding five, six years or whatever. It's for the beginning class. It's for kids to to move up into as well, and then transition into the B class and develop racing skills and and moral racing morals and racing ethics. And then for the old guys who've had a couple years and everything. Um, they need to get out of the C class and get into the B class or go to a vet C class, um, and stay out of the kids, uh, stuff and make this class a little bit smaller. Um, this is usually the largest class as well. So that's why I think the starts are so dangerous. And I think if, uh, some of the, some of the people moved out of that class or just raced their vets class and stayed out of the the 250C and the 450C. That's really the only classes that I'm talking about. Um, the other C classes are fine, but uh, I think it would make the classes a little bit smaller. Make uh, some of the other people be not small, like so small. You don't want them tiny. But uh, they're usually full gated starts, and when we have like showdowns, when we have a lot of people, they have to do LCQs just to get into the second motos. Um, so I think some of those people need to get out and make the B class a little bit more full. And I think some of the B class riders need to bump up to the A class and start making the pro class a lot better. Uh, we talked about that, and Rustin Myers in uh, episode eight talked about how we need a little bit more money, and then I talked about it in some previous episodes too. So, uh, you know, due to age and everything in those sandbaggers, but most of the wrecks happen off the start, like I said. Um, so you want to make sure that you're smooth and straight and make sure that you pre- protect yourself as much as possible um, and try to get out uh, in the top eight or so um, on the start. Um, it, it, those are usually the, the most seasoned riders and experienced riders that are going to get out in the start in the C class anyways. And, uh, you're going to be the most safest right there. Either that, or you're going to have to hang back. Um, but after that, you'll have a great race, right? Right. You're going to experience some really awesome, um, experiences. You're going to have a great time creating battles, whether you're a slow guy, a medium guy, or one of the fast guys. Because you're going to battle with the fast guys up front. The medium guys in the mid-pack are having their battles. And then in uh, in the back, all the slow people, like the, the really slow people, are uh, are battling as well. So they, you you really do have a really good time um, about having it in the C class. It's a really kind of dynamic class. Like, And then almost, I, I think some people even get lapped in the C class and everything too. So you'll... You'll have some of the fast guys come around, and uh, you'll experience some of that too, getting trying to pick up their speed and everything. Uh, you're going to get hazed, though, too. I, I guarantee it. I was in it. You're going to be hazed for being in the C class. You'll hear um, girls that don't know what they're talking about um, or hardly even ride themselves, like try to give you crap and say that you're in the C class or um, other people or 
all of us and uh, your buddies are going to give you um, crap for being the C class. But it's all in good fun, right? Um, it's a little hazing and everyone goes through it and then it becomes everyone's goal to get out of the C class, right? Like that hazing like kind of makes you get bumped up. Um, and it, it gives you a little bit, well, for some, it gives you a little bit of motivation and, and uh, uh, it kind of wants you to train a little bit harder to get up out of it. Um, also, the other side of it, too, we need to stop being such uh, jerks and, and haze those people and, the, and everybody just trying to get better and enjoying our sport. So we're not hating on the C-class. We, we love the C-class, and honestly, everybody needs to start loving a little bit more because they're the largest classes, and they're probably the ones that uh, pay for the most of the RMRA. They're probably the, the largest majority, so you guys need to <laughs> kind of respect that because uh, the majority does have a pretty good say so just a heads up on that so uh, enjoy the c-class and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about to the the next segment here and then uh, we'll take another word from our sponsors applied technology brings race tech suspension products service and enterprise to the rocky mountain region with extensive experience in race tech products and applications we provide the same level of suspension service and support that you come to expect from the race tech headquarters in corona california be sure to mention code rmrr2020 for a discount on your suspension service All right, so you chose what series you wanted to race. Now I'm going to teach you how to like have affordable pits or camping uh, or the non-RV route of racing because um, you're going to need your typical like you're, you're going to have to try to save money in hotels or you know you can do this affordable and there's there's a way to get around it or you're going to have to go down to places because some of these races could be. Uh, a distance away from your location so you're either going to have to camp or you're going to have to uh, get a hotel or anything or, or sleep in the tr- the car but I got some good ideas for you that I did when uh, I slowly advanced into my van and uh, and making a, a nice little mini RV slash uh, living van but uh, there, there's ways to get around it right so um, if you you're going to want to like take your typical tools to work on your bike and and I recommend taking all the the fixed T products, uh your all your T handles and the the torque wrenches and everything to be able to work quick and efficient at the races and have those nice and lined up and organized. And uh I would also need like a good socket set and then you're you're set, right? So you got your fixed T handles um and then you got your uh your socket set and you should be pretty much set off. Um, be prepared for the race um, before you go with tear-offs on all your goggles and make sure you're kind of set up for um, two motos at least before the break the um, in the half or like w- know your classes. If you're doing multiple classes, make sure you're set up with your goggles ready to go so you're not stressing out at the races uh, trying to get ready. Um, you can find affordable tear-offs at cheaptearoffs.com. They're half the price as the the brand name ones, um, and you can get twice as many. Um, so I think a 50 pack is only 15 bucks, um, and I usually go and get a set of those. Um, they're not that like they still leave like a little bottom 
open, but I mean, for their tear offs that are just getting tossed away. So 20 bucks for like 20 of them or 12 bucks for 20 of them. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd rather get the more affordable ones. I also like having, uh, like in having like an intermediate and a hard pack tire set along with like a, a soft terrain set on a different wheel set. So that way, this is when you're racing so that when you're experiencing uh, and you have to travel in a race, whether mud um, or the, the the dirt itself, the actual terrain, uh, knowing going out there and using different tires and everything, practiced uh, the day before and knowing where you, you kind of sit with those tires and judging what works best for the best hookup. So... Uh, you usually kind of show up uh, that Saturday or Friday. You're, you're going to tra- have to travel uh, for the race. If And if you, you want to, to practice the, before the race, then you're going to have to show up the, the day before. So this means you're, you're going to have to sleep somewhere. And there are super easy and cheap ways to do this. Uh, it just may, may not be the most comfortable. Um, but, I mean, it's the ways to get around it. When I mean comfortable, I mean convenient and, like, um, high class or anything so back before i had my van i had a trailer um it was a two bike little trailer that i bought at harbor freight um i just made it i've started fabricating all the other stuff it's a you put it together you can either put plywood on top of it um i just put that flat and expanded metal on it and welded it and put some supports on it and then uh i uh i made a nice really solid but lightweight trailer out of it and it it carries two bit bikes um i have some ratchet straps that are already on there so i went to harbor or not harbor freight but amazon and i bought a single person tent one of those little um triangle framed single tents and with some ratchet straps and a stake um i set it on the trailer and instead of sleeping on the ground, I was up on the trailer. And then I used ratchet straps to hook up onto the poles. Um, and then to the one was to the trailer, and then the other one was to the ground. And boom, uh, the the tent was set up on the six foot trailer. So then I could it zipped down, zipped up. So then I went into the trailer, and I I sleep in there. And then everything else was in kind of like the back of my van. And I had a nice sleeping pad with the lights and uh, an iPad in there. And then I could watch moto movies and everything before the race. Um, thing was actually pretty good. The the tent only cost me I think twenty bucks. Um, and then I had the sleeping bag in there, of course, and. That stuff you might already have, but like the trailer, I think only cost me 400 bucks. So, 420 bucks, and then uh, some other stuff that with the the lights and everything, and you're set. Um, you're ready to go. It was, in the spring races, it was a little cold, um, but I had a good sleeping bag, and it wasn't too bad. But after that, the rest of it was perfect. It was way better than sleeping inside my truck. I can tell you that. And uh, wake up in the morning, and then you cook breakfast, breakfast, and you're ready to go. Uh, so the next option that you can do is uh, the one that I recommend to everyone, and that's the moto van route. Uh, I bought my van for like seventeen hundred bucks, and then renovate it, and then I had put a new transmission into it. But uh, other than that, it's running pretty good. Uh, this is going to be like 
it's going to really open up some creativity within your mind and within yourself, and it's going to pay off um, for itself in the long run from hotel costs and um, but then you still have the insurance routes and any maintenance that you do too. So make sure you choose like kind of a good one. Um, but there's all kinds of like van living and all kinds of other stuff. But I recommend this cause, uh, I chose the van moto van route cause I can park in, at any hotel or a Walmart parking lot or anywhere and sleep right next to my bike, um, without anybody knowing I was really inside. Um, I have some, um, I, I mentioned about the creativity part. You can have a, a full, full-on RV with a, a van if you if you plan it just right, right. So uh, I had um, privacy curtains in the back and in the front, and then it's a windowless van, so you can't see inside. So I can either watch TV or have all my lights and everything because I have a solar-powered generator inside my. Um, van as well so I can list watch movies have my lights do whatever and then go to bed and then I also have a, a gas power generator that I can recharge everything um, um, when I get somewhere that I can just be parked and not look somewhere uh, I can also hook up into shore power so if I ever hook up to a, like an RV place I can actually have power that just plugs right into my my van so uh, if you need any like recommendations or ideas or anything, there's tons on YouTube. Um, you can go check out or ask anybody for advice. Uh, another one's Brian Sabaugh had like a really, really awesome moto van recently. So he has some really good stuff too. So I would check out uh, Brian Sabaugh stuff. And uh, a lot of people are making a lot of these moto vans to, to be pretty good. Um, I don't necessarily like the the separation between the the living area and the bike area um, I like to have full access or full living all the way through the van and then when I take the bike out I have all that to uh, have as well and, and to use to my advantage my advantage that's just my recommendation you also don't have to spend a lot of money on this I found my van like I said for under four grand and uh, it, it has a TV PlayStation, a shower, um, cooking stuff. It has a deck. I put, a de I uh, I weld and everything too. So I made a, a cargo deck up there too. But then I decided to put Trex decking up there. So it's actually like a deck that you can go up there, walk up on, sit on, sleep on. Um, and then it pulls out into a canopy. And uh, I plan on doing a side canopy eventually too. But all this stuff I plan on, anything that I'm going to be able to put into it, I'm going to make sure that I can take off of it and put onto my next van um, when I, if I, if I get another one in the long run. So in the long run, uh, a cheap van will, will pay off for itself. Like I said, if you camp in it, um, I plan on getting a, a toy hauler one day and selling the van. Uh, but they they are expensive, and uh, I don't have uh, any experience with the, the toy haulers, so I can't give you too many recommendations on those. Um, I know that they depreciate in value like way worse than a vehicle does when you, you pull them off a lot, and finding really good used ones is pretty promising, um, but you can also find some pretty rat-infested uh, RVs and everything too, so... Watch out just uh, if you if you go any of that route and, and protect yourself. I don't know. Uh, I don't have any experience in that yet. 
yet. So we talked about your rig and everything, and you pulled it into the race, and you got your sleeping and your camping setup figured out, right? So now we're going to talk about your pit area. Um, since you're a newbie, you don't know what's going on. So you want your tools close to your bike, um, and you want a clear area so that uh, quick repairs can happen. Um, you want to be able to move in. You're not tripping over stuff. You don't want knocking over your bike when you have it open or uh, your gas tank open or whatever you're doing. Um, you, you don't want to be tripping over stuff. Um, always clean your pits after the races. Don't leave a bunch of crap just out there. Um, you, you typically can set trash bags like by the aisle ways if you, there's no trash cans available. Um, you, you set your, your bags, not just your random trash for p people to pick up. It's trash bags night, easily to be picked up, right? You set them by the road so that guys uh, that run the tracks or do the cleanup, this usually happens at like Sterling or, or some of the other races that when they drive down the road, they can just easily reach over to the side of the truck or uh, walk along the truck and pick them up and throw them in or the trailer if they're pulling a trailer, whatever the case may be, it make it easy for them if there's no trash cans. Um, this isn't make it take care of your areas, right? So uh, make sure that uh, you have it organized to display your bike so that people walking by can see your, your sponsors if you have any. Um, you're all set up and ready to practice. Uh you're, you can relax and enjoy your, your van or your other setup and hang out with your friends in, in the pits and everything. Try to not get stressed out before races or anything. This is a your area, relax, re relaxing area, right? So w saying that, respect others. This is the one thing I want to tell throughout the community. Um, it's not really too much of a rant. I think it's more just... Uh, kind of solidifying a lot of other information and trying to help RMRA um, kind of enforce their already policies. Um, basically because a lot of people take advantage of it and everything and just kind of do it. So after 10 p.m. Uh, after practice, right, we all have race day. Um, if you have kids, try to tell them to be quiet. Like not when I say quiet, this is quiet time. So like you don't have to be loud at when th with we're not saying you have to be quiet with your voices or anything we're just saying turn off the machines any loud machines driving around because um, we all do it late at night and anyways too so uh, people are trying to relax and and we get it and we're trying to prepare for a race some of us take the racing pretty seriously and we need a race for the re uh, rest before the race so uh, try to keep some of the the, the noise down. We all kind of, we know who the party pits are, so those people usually kind of get in together, which that's part of racing too, so we shouldn't um, try to keep that away um, or push it away or try to, say, put a curfew on the parents. Um, that's part of it, or the adults, I should say. Um, some of the kids with the pit bikes and everything just need to stop going back and forth in the, the pit areas or, or right next to someone's camper throwing up dust all over their bikes and their their pits their food um, drinks other stuff like that so uh, we, we can keep that and control that uh, drunk parents uh, you can kind of keep it down but make sure you're all together right 
don't be getting too drunk and and making a butt out of yourself and and causing some stuff but i do um kind of support the having a beverage every now and then maybe it's a beer talking marge but you got a butt that won't quit they got these big chewy pretzels here that are all you good with a beer five dollars get out of here hey here Alright, with that being said, it's practice day, uh, you get your bike all warmed up and everything prepared for practice, um, know what practice you're in and be ready for, for that practice, um, you, you're all set up and everything, you, you slept the night and now it's practice day, right? Uh, so, the faster we, we get through our sessions, the more sessions we get. So you're you're new to racing, so remember it's practice. You're not out there to race other people. You don't have to to look back and then hammer it on and try to go faster and keep in front of someone. Uh, get out of people's way. Um, keep keep room. That's the other thing. You might get a little squirrely or anything, so make sure you keep people space. That goes along with faster riders. Try to make sure you give space and not have to pass someone like right next to them or something try to make smart judgmental passes um no one wants to get hurt in practice that's this is why i'm kind of saying this is like try to keep room um it is a practice day and no one wants to get hurt and ruin their whole race or get hurt by someone else um and ruin out on all the money they spent and everything for the weekend right just for a practice day so hold your line and let people pass. Um, remember that for yourself that it's just practice and don't ruin the race by, by getting injured or damaging your bike for the other part too um, for the race coming the next day. Next that uh, about practice is the, this is kind of more of a rant, I guess I should say. There, there's been multiple youth that practice in the A and B practice and then they practice in the C practice um, because the the race they raced in the C class but they can hold A and B pace this is those those fast kids are usually held down by age but they aren't mature enough to keep room or ride like it's practice so they get in there with the A and B guys and try the A and B guys are just trying to like be smooth and or just kind of moseying around the track looking for lines and and trying to develop lines and then here comes a, a C rider trying to show off and like going ham trying to be as fast as he can and trying to park someone in the corner acting cool and you actually have to understand that like to form ruts and to create and develop a good track, you can't just go ham and go into a corner and blow it out. You have to form it up. Like, go watch Club MX or go watch some of these training facilities talk to these kids about uh, forming ruts and how to, like, properly create and develop the track and then start going as fast as they can and everything, like... Start researching and, and actually understanding motocross, and we can start making Colorado a little bit better and having seven different lines and, and really good corners and, and all kinds of stuff instead of a one-line track like we typically do, right? Um, that goes along with practice. So, And the, the, I'm talking about these sea riders or these um, not-matured uh, youth kind of coming in there when they're not even in the AB um, class and they're, they're practicing the AB practice. Um, 
we've brought it up multiple times to the the organization and it's just too much for them to handle too and and once one person does it then and not and they get away with it then four or five other people do it and then um everybody's getting away with it and then everybody's really struggling with it and then our AB uh, practices are twice the size that they're supposed to be. The C practices are twice the size that they're supposed to be. Then the vet uh, and the women's uh, practices are twice the size that it's supposed to be. Everybody's just kind of, once they get away with it once, then they start going in all of them. And then once the AB riders are like, well, the C class, C class riders are in our practice, we might as well go into their practice. It's just, it makes the, it makes it so much larger than it should be and then it makes it unsafe then when you write in the c practice which is already large enough um you you make your practice longer so um we who follow the rules get less sessions and less practice time when you guys get four times the amount of practice because you you race multiple sessions it's not fair um, I kind of wish the RMRA would really take make some serious consequences and say if you you if you broke the rules and you you went into multiple sessions that you weren't supposed to be into, um, you're you're disqualified for the races tomorrow. But of course they won't do that because that's money out of their pocket or something. They'll have to refund them or I don't know. Parents would would throw a, throw a fit. I know, and that's why they don't have any repercussions. That's why they get walked all over. So I don't know. I think there, there should be some more consequences for breaking the rules, um, instead of zero, but stay in the correct practice. Uh, corks doesn't have practice. So just a heads up on that. Um, but you know, make sure you stick to, to the correct practices that you're in because us AB guys do know who's who and who's racing what. And, if you're a C rider, um, we're not going to be easy on you, and they weren't easy on me when I was moving up either, and I definitely was taken out a few times. So uh, I can tell you by experience, um, get ready for it, because there's all been there's been a time in Sweeney um, that I was ra- practicing the A B class, and some dude I think I was even racing the B class then too, and some dude whipped and hit me in the air, and I didn't save it on the landing and wadded it and bent my bars really bad and everything. So I guarantee it they'll, they'll take advantage of it. So be careful and, and stay safe. And I recommend staying in the same class or the, the correct session for everyone. Uh, it makes it, we get all get more sessions instead of two or three, then maybe we can get a lot more sessions and start actually getting longer lap times or something. And, actually getting a fair amount of practice and developing the track into some good lines. All right, we're going to take another word from our sponsors, and then uh, we'll get into what it's like on the race day because practice day is over, and then we'll get into race day, right? All right, thank you. Compact Auto Repair is your complete car and truck repair center. Don't let the name fool you. We do it all from domestic imports and diesels. Family owned and operated, servicing Southern Colorado since 1982. From minor and major repairs, we can't fix all your problems in life, but we can fix your ride. Give Riley a call today at 719-543-0731. That's 719 719- 
All right, it's race day. It's race day. It's race day. Okay, it's usually the most exciting time, right? Because uh, you, you start getting that adrenaline pumping, um, fuel, the race gas. Yeah, it's race day. So that's what we're talking about now. Um, for corks, it's either you raced Saturday or you raced Sunday. Um, you line up for the class, the specific class that you're on. You wait for the start. Um, and then you have your race, and then you ha- you pack up and you head home afterwards. Racing motocross on race day, you're you're gonna have uh, another three lap like practice session. This is just to kind of see how the track develop or what's how it's forming up. Or if you're the AB guys, it's the first time, and I typically skip this because AB practice is a mud pit. And there's no lines. Um, you just get your bike all dirty. Um, you, there's no lines to look at because we make the lines. And uh, you just kind of get your bike all dirty and heavy. Um, so I, what I do is I, I wait until either the end or like the where the missed practice session or if they don't have one of those, I just go out and see what lines developed um, by myself. And then the track will be somewhat dried out, and then it won't get my bike all muddy and heavy before a moto. Uh, Corks is a, a one moto format, so you you whereas motocross is a two moto format. Uh, be which be aware of r- which race number is your class. After you race the first motos, there there'll be a, a break, right? So after your first motos. Uh, or your first moto of classes, your your multiple classes, there'll be a break before your next one. This is a good time to re-prep your bike, look over it, make sure if anything happened, or just hang out with friends, um, have a good time. This is where I really like the motocross because you can relax, hang out, have a good time, enjoy your weekend, and not just ride, 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 and then pack up and then have to have a long trip and go home. Uh, if you were just starting racing, um, to to let, don't let like poor race results affect your racing, um, your or your experiences. Um, I understand that even if you have fast friends like I did, like I always saw my buddies winning stuff and everything, and then I was always mid pack and not winning anything and kind of getting a little jealous and they want it. But you, you're all right. Like you don't, I don't. You shouldn't expect to go out there and like just dominate the first time of racing. It's going to take you a couple years or some experience and everything too to get everything dialed. But if you do and keep it up, you'll start winning. Like um, I just kind of everybody says the same thing. The best advice that I had was just get out there and start racing more. You got to race more. You got to get more experience. You got to get more seat time. And that's 100% true. All right, we're going to take another word from our sponsors and everything. Then we're going to get into our track improvement secret of the week. Uh, This one is going to be my biggest business idea, but I'm not kind of giving as much of the tips to it because I made a post on Instagram that sparked some ideas to some people. Um, I was talking about the indoor track, so we'll be talking about that. And then um, we will 
get into another sponsor and then we'll close out the segments on what to do after the races and then uh, we'll keep on going from there. Maybe I'll get some tunage too because we're going to be traveling and we might want to listen to some tunage. All right. Thank you. GoX Services, your go-to choice for grading and excavation needs. Serving Larimer and Weld County, we specialize in renovating and installing driveways, site preparation, rough grades, final grades, drainage, and erosion control. Fulfilling your dirt work needs, call us today at 970-481-6225. That's GoX Services at 970 970- 481-6225. All right, I'm going to give my best business idea, and I'm sure everyone had a similar idea, but we're going to kind of give some pretty unique plans and to and incorporate it and with just one idea, right? So we're going to take a lot of kind of different ideas and morph it into one, and it's indoor writing, right? I mentioned it in the post uh, multiple times I said man if Colorado had an indoor track we could be riding right now um, I know we all had these ideas before I've had this idea I think the third time after I started riding or something because I started riding in the winter and every like it's automatic is there an indoor track uh, we could really step up our, our game in Colorado. I've been talking with uh, the Zawakis and, and some of the other people, and there's some really good ideas, and I hope to, to work with them and uh, to give them all my no- knowledge and try to support them as much as possible. So uh, I know they're listening, so uh, they'll be able to get some of these ideas. And then if you have any other, um, I'm, I'm keeping a lot of my good ideas to myself. So if you have any more stuff, reach out to me. Um, you know where to reach me, Mike. Um, so there's two ways you can do this. Uh, I'm going to mention some very simple ways and everything, then move on to the more elaborate ideas. Um, so there's there's First, there's basically just an open-ended arenas like supercross track um, that has a roof, right? It's got no walls. It's just got a roof. You've seen these rodeo arenas and these uh, show arenas and all the fairgrounds and and such with an open-ended covered arena, right? Have it kind of tall. You can have a supercross track that you can have high enough um, that you won't hit the roof. But it's cost-effective, tall beams, um, and it's all open-ended. This won't protect you from wind, but it's going to be moisture-controlled. And when it snows, you still have a rideable track. Still rideable, still um, not covered in mud or whatever. Have drainage, have it lifted up so that like the snow, your your drainage doesn't come in and flood the track. Um, and there's there's boom, you have covered covered tracks you can light it up right so um this idea would also help our our riders competing in like monster energy or or supercross futures um all these ideas that support night riding each one of these night riding and racing um for summer night riding as well summer night riding needs to come to colorado we could ride at night during the weeks we could ride there's so much more money you could pull in Um, more people could ride throughout the week Um, not everybody can ride 
during the day, during the week because they have jobs, but they would absolutely love to ride from fork or whenever they get off work till 10 o'clock. I would do that four days out of the week if I could, if my body could handle it. But there's additional revenue that you tracks can pull in. We need night riding, right? So you can expand further and further off of this topic. None of these buildings uh, need to be super elaborate or crazy or expensive like the Denver Coliseum or some crap like that, right? It could be a tent-like Quonset, one of those big half A Quonset is a half-circle building or, you know, like one of those big uh, tent-like buildings. Those would work just fine. Um, there's also the other buildings where the walls come up so hard far and then it's for ventilation all the way around the, the between the roof and the the wall is open-ended for ventilation and everything and you can have proper heating um, in the winter in a, a centralized location or whatever uh, the other part too is I would use a fire sprinkler system in a good location over the track and everything to simulate simulate uh, rain on the track right because everybody always says when it rains and like the rain style is always the best so use a sprinkler system or if not you have a couple water tanks in the the corner and you use some hose and you water the track with hoses either or doesn't matter um the track wouldn't be anything super sketchy um you can't have like really big gap jumps or something that that's super sketchy or only pro guys could ride or like some big elaborate super cross track that um, only four people in the, the, the state could ride. You need to have it like mellow enough that everybody can ride um, and then advance as they get better and better. Um, I'd try to stay away from some of the indoor tracks that I've seen with like the support poles in the middle of the track. Um, this is just going to add more risk, higher insurance, um, injuries, so the, the rate of injuries would go up, stuff, stuff like that. So I would not make, make it having poles in the, or support columns in the, uh, the middle of the track and then just putting like those little barriers around them or whatever. No, I would uh, I'd try to get it where it's be rideable, where you can uh, not have those in there. Uh, you could have day and night riding with these. You could have uh, your own night series at, after that. So that's another revenue pit like right there. So you got to have a night series. You got to be able to promote um, races and everything. You can't just build it and expect uh, um, the money to be flowing in because if it's not good, you're you're just it's going to be an expense and no one's going to show up and um, you're, you're going to lose. You're going to lose on that investment. So the other thing too is that if, so if you were, if it were me, I would open the track kind of like uh, around end of September or whatever. That way when winter hits, the whole state's coming to your, your state to come to ride to your place because it snowed and that's the only place that's rideable or the weather um, or it's really cold. And then so there's other sponsored teams such as like Team Faith and, and some of the other guys racing Supercross that would want to support this because then they could train as much as possible um, at your facility. 
they might work some deals and and try to get a membership or sponsor or or do whatever they got to do but um this would help todd bannister um uh dawson and and all these guys to uh and Mike and Henderson and, and all these guys to to be able to train here in Colorado a lot longer as well and not have to go to the California or South or anything and we could keep them here in the state and we can support them we can feed them we can we can make sure that they're happy and and be able to do better in, in Supercross. Everybody talks about the the equipment to maintain the tracks and everything. Honestly, the the equipment doesn't have to be elaborate, right? Everybody's like, well, you need a dozer or you need a big front-end loader. Um, you can rent that and set up the track first and not have to buy a hundred or $200,000 machine or even $500,000 machine or something like that. You can rent it for like a week or if not even a week, you probably just need it for like two or three days and hire someone. This is the other thing too. Don't go in there thinking that you can build a track. Half of the people that I see try build, building tracks and everything, you have no idea about engineering anymore. We're not in the 1990s, okay? We're not in the 80s anymore. We're not just building stuff to go. We are in the new modern day age. Tracks need to be engineered with CAD they need to be laid out and like built by professionals if you want to be taken seriously. You can't just throw up a jump and and with a landing and expect people. Uh, I'm not gonna hit that. No, like it's not. It's just one of those things. Well, you, I think you hit it in third gear, and well, go hit it and try it. No, it's you're gonna get someone killed. You're gonna get injured. It. It's not worth it, and no one's going to ride there. You're, you wonder why insurance is high. Like if you got someone to, that's actually properly trained and educated and engineered the track, you would be way more successful. That goes for all the tracks in Colorado. Most of them all need to be ripped down and properly engineered and rebuilt to be competitive with what's going on in the industry. Uh, step your game up. We're no longer in the 90s or whatever with uh, taking a skidster out there and just saying, uh, well, this looks like a good enough lip or whatever. Like we need to start thinking this stuff out and actually getting them on CAD and actually doing it because, yeah. So with that being open, um, you're going to be the only track in the state that people can do that. And now your track has become even more fun place to, to hang out, right? Um, because you got something else that no one else has, and it's going to be very popular. You're going to be able to charge more as well because it's the only indoor track, and you can charge um, more than just $20 riding. Instead of uh, the bar, um, let's go to, like, instead of going to the bar at night, since we have night riding and everything or now with the indoor facility, instead of going to the bar to, to party and everything, let's go to the track on Friday night. So let's go camp there on a Friday night. So you created a hangout spot that you can now capitalize on with everybody there and having a small cafe or feeding people, or you can even get a liquor license. You can snow the ball this into more and more revenue into your track or into your business. Uh, liquor license isn't always cheap, but like 
you can the food license and like there's there's certain ways to even like get a food truck out there whatever it may be to to really facilitate these on a friday night or the new hangout spot um i could talk on and on and on about what you could do um but there there are two or three people that i think that could really easily do this in the state um a business loan would be pretty easy to get for uh these buildings too because they're not very uh I think the hardest part would be finding a good location and good land. Uh, and there would be a good business plan to go along with this that <clears throat> you could really to solidify and, and to really get that that uh, loan approved. But uh, I'm not going to give too much of the, that business plan out unless people reach out um, and try to ask me to be involved. I'm not just going to give ideas out or um, some of the other calculations and things I've done so it wouldn't be long until you paid this building off and started gaining a profit and then there's other things avenues that I have as well that you'd be pulling a lot more revenue in too and it just grows and grows and grows and grows so you could be pulling a lot more money um, I would also try to work with Arsenal Media and start live streaming the indoor races on YouTube and see if you could get people to follow you and have like uh, your own YouTube channel of your race series that you'd be putting on and see how, how, how well you could grow this into it, right? I think uh, the indoor track could really happen. Um, I want to build a, a compound with uh, indoor track and all kinds of other stuff as well, but... I don't have the startup capital. Um, if I did, I'd probably be pretty well off, but you know how it is. It's hard to make money when you don't have money, but if you have money, uh, it's pretty pretty easy. It just shows that some people are just stagnant and or they just can't do it. They just don't have the, the passion or the, the knowledge or the, the work ethic to, to be able to, to get it done. So some people do, and they're they're getting ready to do it, and I'm gonna be talking to them, and I'm right there with you, Mike. So if you need help, dude, I hope it goes through. But uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna be moving into the next segment of what happens after race day, and then we'll I'm gonna throw some music in probably right here, so that we have some good music to lose, listen to, and then we'll uh, we'll cancel out the the episode after that.
Original Privateer represents the Privateer racer and the motocross action sport lifestyle. Dirt bikes, motocross, supercross, and free riding is our culture. We stand for a lifestyle that refuses to dwell in the common. There's more to these sports than the thrill. There's freedom, endurance, and the faith. Freedom in the risk, endurance in the pain, and the faith in accepting the challenge. There is wisdom to be gained. Embrace it. Have faith over fear. In life, you cannot win the race by following. This is what we're made of. These are the codes that guide us and the passion that propels us. Thrill brings us together. Over the screaming of our engines, we can leave the noises of life behind. We ride. We are original privateer. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and motocross and supercross apparel. Honoring the free souls, the risk takers, and the adventures. So, we, we we raced, right? So, we unload, we load up so much that we, we get complacent with what we're doing. So, remember good safety practices when, when unloading your bike, when you're tired and sore from the weekends and you're mentally drained uh, and just get home and you want to get things done. At this time, you're, you're going to be at the most risk to damage your truck, your bike, your van, your trailer, whatever or your body, right? So uh, depending if you washed your bike at the track or not, then this step may not be needed. But when washing your bike, you need to inspect for worn or damaged parts um, that could happen during the race or during practice or whatever. Uh, You want to find these as er early as possible to fix them before your next race. Um, you want to make sure that like unloading, you, you don't drop your bike or damage any bars or your throttle tube or 
whatever it may be, or scratching your truck. So uh, take it easy. Ask for help if you have to. Um, if you don't have any help, ask a neighbor. If you don't have any neighbors, then uh, maybe leave it in your truck till uh, you can get to it the next day or whatever. But so then recovery time. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you're taking care of your body. You want to make sure that you have good fuel in your body for recovery um, and try to make sure that you train during the week so you can get ready for your next race. Uh, so you can do any improvements from the race before and just keep knocking it out. And that's going to do it for us, right? So you got the basic rundown and you're ready to race. I highly recommend racing the Cork Series until you gain the basic skills of racing, then move over to the Motocross C-Class if that's the route you want to do. Um, This will keep you safer in the long run, um, keep you riding longer. You you might love the Cork Series, and then you might change the dreams of of being an enduro pro, right? So there's always the off-road racing as well, the, the enduro side. Uh, remember, only practice one uh, or have practice one class. Don't do multiple pra- uh, classes because you're ruining it for everybody else. The RMRA may not notice or care, but the riders notice, and either people do, who do it and then create a bigger problem, or they get pissed and they're going to take you out for making our practices even more unsafe or congested, congested, and then than it should be so hopefully this encourages you to race in any of our state series there's a lot of our our state series that you can race we will be talking with some of the corks crew and some of the corks riders as well because there's a they're they're our other amazing racing family families that come from corks Um, it's a really amazing organization and and racing um, promoters and if you have any other questions feel free to reach out to us and on Instagram, or if you don't have know um, the answer, well, if I don't know the answer or anything, I'll, I'll try to find out for you. But if you have any questions or anything on racing, you can sure and he- ask away. Um, as you can tell, with the track improvement tips lately, we've been talking about night riding and indoor tracks a lot, and some other progressive resources, California, Georgia, etc. Or leaps ahead of us uh we need to produce some better riders because they can train they they usually produce uh better riders because they can train more much much more than we can we in here in colorado can too so we need to step our games up there's uh, a reason why they call it the sunshine state and our weather is always amazing so let's try to make some facilities and some resources for everybody in the state to to be able to ride more that means our bikes are going to wear out more for the mechanics to be able to get more money to uh, um, to fix them. And then parts are going to be sold more, so that's the shops and everything. We're going to need more gear, um, more fuel. Tracks are going to make more money. All of this means is is more and more revenue for everybody to come in. So thank you sponsors, thank you listeners, especially without the listeners, we wouldn't um, have any of this being possible. I want to thank James Hess uh, for always sharing all of our episodes, like every time we come out with either an album cover or even an episode, he's always listening and he's always sharing that stuff, so uh, you're like one of the spotlight fans, James, I appreciate it, buddy. 
Um, For everybody else that's listening, please share the podcast and try to grow the listeners. That's going to help us. That's going to help you. That's going to help everybody try to make uh, this grow and expand to being bigger, bigger. Um, I need to reach out to Derek Anderson, uh, Mitchell Mitchell Gifford uh, for some interviews coming, and we'll uh, keep this thing rolling on. Thank you, guys.